0: Details, details, details. Our life is comprised of so many minute details, the minutiae, that often we get overwhelmed simply by the pressure, the expectations, the demands of these daily routines, the grind, the merry-go-round, the roller coaster, the rat race, all the names that we have for it so we're told you have to see the forests from the trees get beyond the details look at the big picture and from the big picture try to inform the small picture but yet every morning when we wake up we have to deal with details again so how can you actually and responsibly cover the details do them in an effective way and instead of them controlling us we control these details they say god is in the details some say the devil is in the details william blake put it beautifully to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower to hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour but how please join me in this very special discussion and workshop life is in the details Hi, this is Simon Jacobson, and welcome to another weekly program. Life is in the details. Details, details, details. I think everybody understands immediately when you say those words what it means. Our life is comprised of so many minutia, so many detail details. It can be overwhelming or it can become routine But that's what life is about. That daily grind, this detail, that detail, this one's demands, expectations, pressures. It tugs us in all different directions. And it accumulates. But as I said, it becomes part of our routine, our habit. That's what we do. Wake up in the morning, we have our routines, our regimens some are important some are less important the details take control of our lives so what we're always told is how do you deal with that try to find the big picture to see the forest from the trees what is the bigger picture and let the big picture inform the small picture absolutely correct i myself speak about this very often what is the mission of your life what's your calling what is the hub and the rest are the spokes focus on the center and then the means how to get to that center to, that, to get to that ultimate objective but we can't ignore the details because at the end of the day they are what define life so it's easier said than done when you're going 90 miles an hour on that roller coaster merry around, grind the ruts that we get into All the different names for it. The rat race. It's very difficult to just step back. The challenge is not just to get to the big picture, but to bring it back into those details. They say God is in the details. Some use the word the devil is in the details. Every agreement, every contract. Let's get down to the details. So, what is the method? What is the formula? William Blake put it beautifully when he wrote... To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower. To hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. Beautiful. To take the infinite and experience it in the finite. But how? That's the question, the how. So let's begin with a very practical example and we'll broaden it out. And this will be a uh, case study, if you wish, a prototype that will allow us to to replicate that formula in other details of our lives. Because that exactly is the goal, to allow every detail to express that big picture, that infinite picture, eternity. But to do so, you need to have a sense of purpose. So let's talk about the palm of our hand. Here's my hand, the palm of my hand. Each of us have a palm. What do we use it for? The hands are what we use more than any other, our body, uh, any part of our body's physical part. Of course, we use our minds, our hearts. But on a daily basis, the things you grab, the things you hold on to, the things you carry, the palm of your hand. So the Kabbalists tell us, that when a person gives charity, they're actually channeling divine, spiritual, transcendent energy into existence. And specifically, in the famous expression, the Tetragrammaton, the holy name of four letters. You may be familiar with it. The Yud, the He, the Vav and the He are the Hebrew letters. The Yud is a dot. It's like a point. That's the coin that we give when we stretch out our arm to help another person. Coin, of course, symbolizes charity. But it could be anything that you give to another. That's the, the yud, the first point. The hay is like an expansive, it's like looks like a box. And hay actually consists of five. That's the number five. That's the five fingers of the hand, the palm. So now we have the yud, the coin, the palm of your hand. When you stretch it out, it looks like a vav, an extended line. An extension that connects one with another. Every form of extension, even physically, is outstretched. Even when a teacher reaches out to a student, a parent to a child, we stretch ourselves out. We extend ourselves. So that's the vav, a line. So we have the dot, we have the expansive five, we have the reaching out. And then the last hey is again five. The recipient who is receiving also has a hand and a palm of five with five fingers. So there you have the yud, the hey, the vav, and the hey, just in the simple act of helping another person. The point being that it's not just a nice idea, but you actually manifest the infinite divine which is captured in in these four letters, with your very palm of your hand. Infinity in the palm of your hand. However, if you use that palm and the hand for, uh, let's take a piece of food to eat, just to indulge, fine, you need to survive, so it's important to do, but can we say that it's the infinite within the finite? If indeed you use that food and the energy that it generates to help another person, then you've done the same. So the real goal in life is to take the details of our lives and actualize their potency, their infinite potency. Now, if I said this a few hundred years ago, people would say, what are you talking about? We live in a finite, limited world. You want to reach infinity, you want to reach the internal, you want to reach the transcendent, you have to go up on a mountain, you have to meditate, you have to escape the material confines and trappings of of the parameters and tentacles of this physical world. Today no one will say that. How many subatomic particles are lying right now in this palm of my hand? We don't even know. Infinite is a big number, but it's definitely a very large finite. How is that possible? How could a simple hand that is maybe uh, two, three inches wide or long contain so much? Because we know today that the building blocks of existence, the DNA of our cells, the subatomic particles and sub-subatomic particles in all matter, don't occupy space the same way that we can measure, we were talking about more macroscopic items. They occupy space, but in a very different way. When you get to the quantum level, there are the questions of the occupy space altogether. They're indetermined in pro- states of probability, the different ways the physicists explain it. So yes, if I were to ask you how many apples can fit on this table, you don't see the table, but I do. <laughs> but take your table. How many apples can fit on a, on a table, let's say, that's five feet wide, 20 feet long? So you'd measure an apple and say, okay, let's figure that out. Let's say 1,000 apples, 500 apples, whatever the number is. Then I ask you, how many ideas fit inside your brain? Ooh, one second. The brain is more or less the size, a little larger, of the palm of my hand. So you ask yourself, okay, so let's measure an idea. How much does it occupy? How much is an idea? What's the size of an idea? Is it a millimeter? Is it a centimeter? Is it a millimillimeter? You realize, one second, ideas definitely have parameters, but they're not quite physical parameters. And though the brain is a physical brain... But there's a lot more going on. There are more than 1,000 ideas. There are more than 500 apples in your brain, though the brain is so much smaller. So we have an example. Look at a computer. This smartphone contains more than you can ever imagine. You'd never say, how can it fit all into this little box? In the 50s and 60s, a computer that has the power that we generate today would take blocks upon blocks. Talk about street blocks. Size mattered, everything was measured in size. Weapons. The more powerful an army was the larger army, the larger weapons, the more, the more substantial ones. Today we realize, no, no, power lies in the microscopic, in the invisible, actually. Invisible forces we know are much more powerful than the visible ones. And the more powerful they are, the more invisible they are. And I don't just mean invisible to the eye, to our senses in general. So it's a whole new way of looking at life, that there is indeed infinity within the finite. Now, I know the infinite set of numbers hypothetically, mathematically, and theoretically does not fit into the finite, but I'm talking about here a little more figuratively and especially more poetically and emotionally. Love, a gentle touch of one person loving another, it doesn't have to be a strong embrace. A gentle touch, the gentlest can carry more power than all the firepower of an army, a feeling, an expression, a cry, a teardrop. As a matter of fact, the more powerful, powerful it is, the less space and time it occupies. Let's use an example an example of expression. So, if I were to ask you, What's the weather like? Sports? Anything really superficial, we can talk about it all day. There's a weather channel, 24-7 weather channel. Sports radio, talk, 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 talk radio. Talk. Sometimes something important is said, but you don't have to talk about something. You can talk and talk and talk and talk. Then if I throw out this question to you, listen to this. Tell me something about your most intimate secrets of life. And I don't mean this now in a sexual sense or something that you're ashamed of. You'll find that the deeper the feeling, the harder it is to express. Not because of shame, and not because you don't want to expose something to another, because we just don't have words. There's certain experiences, the deeper the experience, the things that are most personal to us, we don't have enough words. And that's why I will say, I can't really express it. I could say a few words, but I can't fully express how much I love you. I can't fully express how traumatized that was. I don't have the words. Why is that? When it comes to superficial things that don't matter that much, we can talk and talk and talk. Endless words. When it comes to the deepest experiences in life, very few words. When it would make sense that it would be the other way around, the closer it is to you, the more you should be able to express. Because words are containers. Containers have parameters. If you have a cup a quart you can only fill it with a quart of liquid that's it containers have limits so they're very good for things that have limits as soon as you're talking about something more intense an intense idea an intense feeling and expression a sentiment that is larger than the container we don't have the words that's why we create the language called metaphor poetry metaphors when I was a kid, like all of us, poetry didn't make any sense. Why don't you just say what you want to say? Why does it have to be so cryptic? And then you realize, because there's something about expressing deeper feelings, deeper sentiments, deeper ideas that can be contained in regular language. So the metaphors, so to speak, expand the containers and therefore you can express more. But sometimes metaphors are also not sufficient. That's why a cry, just saying, oy vey, or a laugh, or a smile. Just one sound, one exclamation can contain more than volumes because it's coming from an even deeper place. And then the Kabbalists tell us in the Zohar that there's a sound that has no sound or a voice that has no sound. It's so profound you can't even cry. You can't even laugh. That's why you'll find, God forbid, in situations people are in shock, deep trauma, they can't even cry. Because it's so intense that even the cry is already too limited of a container. When you think of it that way, you start saying, one second, so what's reality? Everything becomes inversed, inside out. The the more real something is, the less expression it has. The more expression it has, the less real it is. Can we bridge the two? And the answer is absolutely yes. Because life is in the details. And it's the details that we want to find the most powerful energy of all. So I want to share with you a great statement, unbelievable statement, from Rabbi Meir Ibn Gabay, a 13th century mystic. And he writes in one of his classic books, Kabbalistic books, just as God has the power to create the infinite, he has the power to create the finite. Because if not, that alone would make him finite. God alone is limiting, to say only infinite, not finite. This and not that. In other words, infinity is not just defined by the pure word infinity. It's limitation. Any limit to say something is only infinite is just as limiting as saying something's only finite. So he has the power to create the finite. But that's analyzed. Let's analyze that. And the Hasidic masters indeed analyze it. So when God expresses himself, the divine, infinite, expresses itself, or I would say as we shall discuss something that's beyond infinite, express it in a finite way. Is that finite? Or is that just another manifestation of his all encompassing ability? His infinite abilities to not only be infinite. In other words, the finite is just another expression of the infinite. Or the all the or the, or, or the all the the what do we call it? Kol that's a Hebrew word for saying that he can do anything he wishes. So that that can doing everything that um, the omnipotence, is the word I was looking for, includes manif- manifesting in a limited way. So it's a new way of looking at the word finite and infinite. Most of us think of it this way. If somebody's finite, they're going to be very limited. Someone is infinite, they're fully expansive. But I'll give you an example. There are people who what we, we may think of them as free spirits, because they're always everywhere. They're not committed to anything. Do you think they're free spirits? They're like infinite free spirit. Others that are very disciplined, We know exactly where they are, what they're doing. So most people ostensibly would say the first one is more of an expansive spirit, the other one is a limited one. Not necessarily, my friends. Because the first one could be running in fear. Doesn't have the courage, doesn't have the confidence to stay in one place, to hang his hat in one area. So actually is running about, is really out of fear. Another person may be a complete expansive spirit, but he's chosen at his own volition to be right now in this place. So there are people who have billions of frequent flyer miles, but their souls and their spirits have not moved very far. They're driven by the same fear and they may be running from themselves. And there's another person who could be sitting and reading a book or praying or meditating and doesn't budge, doesn't move but they're traveling billions of miles, spiritually, psychologically, emotionally. So freedom doesn't just mean, freedom, I can do whatever I like. Freedom means that nothing is imposing itself on you in what you are doing. That is coming from within you, not from outside of you. It's not an imposition. The fact that you choose to do something right now in a finite way, in a limited way, is not necessarily a detail. It's another expression of your infinite capacity. It's another expression of your omnipotence. Now, obviously, when we talk about humans, none of us are omnipotent. None of us are all-powerful, all-pervasive. But conceptually. So the key to everything is not whether I want to be involved in details or not. It's finding that infinity, that eternity, in every detail of our lives. To go back to the example that I gave with stretching out your hand. A small little act. You could say, one second, I'm a free spirit, I don't have enough time to help people. No, in that little act, when a father or mother bend down and lift up their newborn child, it may seem not very dramatic. In that act, you have eternity because that child is being shaped by it, the the child's being nurtured, and that child in turn will nurture others and nurture its children. Ad infinitum. Think of it. We give so much value to externals, to the fireworks, to the sizzle, to packaging. Because it looks good. It appears good. And sometimes it does reflect what's inside. But very often it doesn't. You know, that biggest cliché of all. Complete false cliché. Never judge a book by its cover. Everybody judges a book by its cover. As an author, I can tell you it's a billion-dollar industry developing... Designing book covers to get people's attention. Packaging, marketing. Hopefully the product is good, but the product is not always good. The packaging can be a lot better than the product. Because people are caught up by superficiality. We could manipulate the senses. We could manipulate human emotions. But when you think about it, what you're really looking for in life is not good packaging. You're looking for substance. For the For deeper truths. If they're packaged well, great. And they should be packaged well. They deserve to be packaged well. But you want the outer to reflect the inner, not to be a dissonance between the inner and the outer. You open up the package and what you find, it's not what I wanted, what I expected. So what you want is everything coming from the inside out, and the out should be beautiful. Let me make that clear. I'm not looking for a shoddy outer package. Because people do need to see the packaging, but you want it to reflect that inner power. So my friends, life is in the details. But it's not just the details, because the details themselves are not details. The details of a larger infinite image, a picture, a piece of music. When a composer creates beautiful music, you have infinity in the finite. Because the music is made up of structure, musical notes, sounds. And yet when you hear it, what do you hear? You hear sounds? You hear accumulation of sounds? Is it the sum of the parts? Of course not. The music transports you to another time and place. It brings you to tears, it brings you to laughter. It can take you back 30, 40 years. It can connect to experiences and transcendence that's beyond the time and space that you are right now. Same thing with a beautiful piece of art. Same thing with nature. Same thing with love. So it's not about getting beyond the details and having to tolerate them. It's seeing that that beauty, that harmony, that transcendence in the details. And that's when life becomes the richest possible life. So even the very breath you take, every move you make, every interaction... Every encounter, not just the important ones, are filled and saturated with the infinite, with the eternal. And yes, for that you need to know that there is a deeper purpose to life. And that deeper purpose comes from a place that's beyond the infinite and beyond the finite, that's why they can join together. You'll find there are spiritual disciplines that talk much about get away from the merry-go-round of life, the Wall Streets, the rush hour, and find yourself an oasis, travel somewhere, go into nature, much more conducive to experience an inner harmony, higher consciousness, deeper awareness. And that is true, because those are distractions. Then there are those that say, you know what? Live in this world, do what you have to do, and here and there find compartmentalized weekends, evenings. So it's essentially a compartmentalized life where most of it is about survival, and here and there we stick in some transcendence. And then there's a third school of thought, which I am suggesting here. That it's in the finite details that you can experience the highest levels of transcendence. Because ultimately, being that the highest level of transcendence is not transcendence, it's transcending transcendence. Remember, transcendence can be also a limit. Only in the transcendent, not in the finite, not in the limited. But when you get to a level that you transcend transcendence, you're not defined by the infinite either, then the infinite can be experienced in the finite. And every little detail matters. When you see people who love each other, there's no, there's no detail that's too small. It's not like, okay, you know what, I'll only once a year, by your birthday, let's go out. Small little things, small gestures, small little moves, a phone call, Middle of the day, just call someone you love and just say, I love you. I care. Not because I have something on my mind or an agenda or a list or need something. Without any ulterior motives, in those little details lies the greatest power of all. And it's recognizing that that which sounds loud, even the infinite itself, is also finite. That allows us to bridge the two. That's ultimate transcendence, the transcending the transcendent, which allows you to actually bring it into the imminent, into the now, into the present. So yes, the big picture, that's beyond time, beyond space, but in time and within space, in a moment, eternity in an hour, infinity in the palm of your hand, heaven, earth, the world in a grain of sand, or in a wildflower, but even beyond heaven and earth. And then we come to a point where we realize that it all melts into one, one deeper reality. Everything dissolves, but at the same time retains its unique identity, the ultimate harmony within diversity. So then the details of our lives do not overwhelm us, do not overtake us. They become actually the springboards the catalysts, the stepping stones that allow us to reach places that are far beyond. Structure itself becomes a channel, a platform to reach beyond structure. Structure allowing us to transcend structure. Just like musical notes, defined notes, just like words on a page. But they're conveying an idea, a sentiment, a feeling, an experience. That is beyond any structure. And this is completely doable. And indeed, we can do it on a daily basis. Think of it as your spiritual spa. Just as the body has needs, needs food, drink, hygiene, exercise, nutrients, vitamins, so too does the soul. So the soul has a spa. SPA is an acronym for study, prayer, action. Every day, five minutes, study is cognitive conditioning. Taking your mind, yes, your limited mind, but thinking and concentrating and studying something that's greater than yourself, something transcendent. So your finite mind now becomes a channel for that transcendent experience. Prayer, saying a prayer in the morning when you wake up, thank you for returning my soul to me. Or choose another prayer, but say it with focus, with intention. That's emotional conditioning of the heart. And then an action. Yes, stretch out your arm, help somebody, give them a coin, or other forms of help. Action, behavioral conditioning, SBA, study, prayer, action. When you do so, your details become, not details, they become pieces of a grand symphony of a grand piece of art where every detail matters but it's all part of a much bigger and greater picture it will transform your life on all levels and completely doable because you're doing it within the details and with them not avoiding them not escaping from them and with that i wish each of you the power the courage the fortitude and above all that clarity the focus and achieve something that sounds paradoxical, but ultimately is the ultimate union of the highest and, let's call it the lowest, of the greatest and the minutest detail. And with that, let me say, in the calendar now, we're coming close to a period we call 60 days. Some of you may be familiar with my book, 60 Days. So literally, in the next week, will begin that journey. I wrote this book a number of years ago called 60 Days, A Spiritual Guide to the High Holidays. Recognizing the high holidays have such potency, such power, but also so much frustration. People talk about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, but do we see it as transformative experiences? This book will help you travel this journey. Yes, detail, day by day, with thoughts, meditations, and exercises with many specifics, but all of them adding up to this glorious journey. A journey that we call love, betrayal, and reconciliation. You know, we all begin our lives with a certain structure, but sometimes that structure has to be deconstructed, and then it needs to be reconstructed. So we experience something beautiful and we may experience a loss a setback a betrayal a violation and then we learn how to dig deeper and find even a deeper love that's the essence of the 60-day story so please join me on this journey you can subscribe to a daily email you can find the book online there are many groups today that actually do this book day to day join such a group or if you want to initiate such a group contact us and we'll be happy to help you with resources and allow this to become a journey that takes you to places that you've yet discovered to new heights broadening your horizons with that this has been Simon Jacobson Meaningful Life Center MeaningfulLife.com is our website Check it out. And there you can find all the details about the 60 days. As well as communicate with us. We'd love to hear questions, comments, suggestions. Anything you'd like to share. And please share this with others. That's the way we pay it forward. Please share share it with others as you see fit. Thank you so much. Be well and be blessed. And discover the greatest of the great and the, and the smallest of the small. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com slash donate.